Um, I'm so uh, blessed by the, 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 the testimonies that we've just had this morning and just from the worship. Um, in, you know, it's, it's really easy, like when Dan said, um, let's give thanks for all that God's been doing, that we, we thank him for all the good things. <laughs> I know I did. I was like, yeah, I thank you for it. And then, but then I like what uh, Debbie's testimony as well, like, you, because she was, she was saying, be thankful through the, that, that, that really hard life stuff. <laughs> um, and, you know, I've been here, I thought there was something up on the thing. I've been here for two months now, um, and that's tough. Uh, it's tough to be away from my wife. Uh, it's tough to be away from uh, where I feel God has called me to be at this moment. Um, and it's not been easy, um, but I'm thankful for this time away. Uh, I, I haven't necessarily enjoyed it in a sense. Didn't enjoy, I don't enjoy just speaking to my wife on a phone. You know, I, I'd rather be there with her. Um, I was meant to be in Kenya uh, on a missions trip uh, and, and, and I couldn't go. Um, I didn't necessarily enjoy not, not going. Um, but I'm thankful uh, for God for this time um, because I, I know who he is. Now, we sung earlier on around his, his promises, didn't we? Um, and when we lose sight of who he is and when we lose sight of his promises and then the kind of the hard moments hit, everything can fall apart very quickly. But when those hard moments hit and we remember who he is and we remember his promises, then it changes our thinking. And like Debbie says, then when you start saying, well, Lord, I, I, I worship you in this moment. I praise you for this moment. It changes things. We, we remember Job. Um, if you don't know, you know, you, you're reading the scriptures about in Job, like everything is falling apart. Kids are dying. Uh, business is being lost. And his response is worship. You know, like, what? That doesn't make sense. Surely the right response should have been doubt. Surely the right response should have been, God, why have you forsaken me? But his response was worship. Uh, and, and, and I love that, Deb. So it just changes your heart. You know, like, I, I minister in South Africa where there is a lot of hatred because of the past. Um, and often we can have conversations, and I'm talking with people, and they're like, ah, oh, there's anger. And it's like, you know, if in that moment you don't pray, uh, your heart stays hard. But in prayer in that moment, it starts softening everything. And I've seen prayer start softening the hardest of hearts because it starts changing your focus. Your focus starts, stops, uh, starts lifting from the problem, starts lifting from the moment and starts focusing on God. And then you remember, God, you're good, aren't you? Okay, so even though this moment's not good, I know you're good, so you're doing something in this. So let me not lose focus on you, God. And, and that was my prayer. I think I shared with you when I first spoke that my wife said to me, let's not lose the focus of what God's doing in this moment. And, and, I'm, and I'm thankful that even to this day, even two months in, we're still uh, holding uh, to God and we're still trusting in God, even though it's not easy, even though it doesn't make sense. And then tomorrow, just for your, so you know, I pick up the outcome of my visa so I don't know what the outcome is. I love how they work it. You know, like, come and get the outcome. You're like, just say yes or no. Just tell me, you know. But I'm going with my bags packed. You know, I'm going in faith that it's going to be the outcome that I want. But even if it's not, you know, like when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were like, you can throw me in the fire and my God is able to save me. But even if he doesn't, I'm not going to bow down and worship your God. As I feel like that's the same for me. I'm going to go bad packed and I'm going in faith that God is going to do what I think he's going to do. But even if I turn around and he says, no, I'm going to be like, oh, okay, you know, you're still God. 
You're still in control. You're still working things out for my good. You still love me. Your hand is not suddenly lifted away from me. So I'm still going to continue to focus on you and love you. Amen? Amen. That's nothing to do with what I'm preaching about today, but um, I'm just stirred. It's because I'm going to do a bit of teaching today, so I had to get a little bit of preaching in first, okay? I'm going to keep preaching later on, but I need to, I'm going I'm to get into a bit of teaching now. Uh, we're going to be looking, if, you want, if you've got a Bible, if you've got a phone with a Bible app on it, uh, turn to Matthew 8, and we're going to be looking at the verses 1 to 4. I love, I love what I'm about to speak about. It's good. <laughs> um, you know, uh, this, I was, I was going to say this on, I was planning another sermon to speak today, and then, and then, I, then, I, then I thought, no, I want to share this. Um, and in the other sermon, I was going to say and encourage everybody, prepare sermons um, because when, you, when God gives you a subject, or when you ask God, oh, what should I speak on? Uh, you, you have to dig into that. Uh, and as you start digging in and you start preparing it like you're going to present it to, to people, God starts speaking. And, and I remember, I mean, I've been sometimes in my preparation, like, especially when it's flowing, you're just like, yeah, it's so amazing. And you're so encouraged. And you, and you, and you, you look at a text completely different. When I've prepared sermons on certain texts in the Bible, uh, when I read it or when someone speaks about it, it comes alive because I've got this understanding and depth of knowledge behind it. And so just quickly, a little encouragement for us. Um, whether you're ever going to speak it or stand on the stage and share it, if there's something that God's speaking into your life at the moment, there's a subject or, or you're just, you know, there's a, something that just keeps coming back to you. It's like, maybe it's like grace, grace. What is this grace? You know, God always used to speak to me, seek me, seek me. What is this seek me? You know, go and prepare a sermon on it, uh, and it will encourage the life out of you, and it will probably encourage many other people that you start encouraging it to. Anyway, I'm not preaching on that either. Um, Matthew 8, um, and we're looking at uh, verses 1 to 4. It says this. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded you for a proof to them. Amen? Okay, I'm going to do something a little bit different today as well. Dan, under the seat, there's, there's something very special. Yes, yes. Thank you. Good throw, good throw. This is a football, just in case you don't know. Just in case you don't know. Ah, oh, I've got no skills, clearly. <laughs> there was a time, there was a time when... I used to be able to do many skills. One time, I remember doing about 2,000 of these in a row. It took me about 45 minutes, and, uh, and uh, I was pretty good at it. Now things have all gone a bit pear-shaped. I still want it. 
I'm excited about football. It's a nice football as well. Um, anyway, I'm going to use football to help us uh, kind of just hit home some points of what I feel God is wanting to say today. Now, if you know anything about football, you would have heard about a guy called Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah? Has anyone not heard of Cristiano Ronaldo? I'm looking at... No? You know? You've heard him? That's amazing. <laughs> you know, everybody knows Cristiano Ronaldo. And one of the things that Cristiano Ronaldo is really good at is free kicks. Okay? And um, don't worry. Don't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after you've seen those skills, you're like really scared now. You're like, don't kick it. I'm not going to kick it. Okay, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go through the steps of what I think makes uh, an amazing Ronaldo free kick to help us just grapple with what God is wanting to say. The first point that I want to make about today, the first thing that is so important to a Ronaldo free kick is his position, okay? His position. Now, when Ronaldo takes a free kick, he does this. <laughs> okay, his legs, they're like this, yeah, and, he's, and he kind of looks up like this. He's, he's, he's got this position, and he, he takes a deep breath. Now, when he does this position, everybody starts getting a bit scared, okay? Especially the people in the wall, because they're like, if this hits me, it could, it could be the end. Um, the goalkeeper is definitely scared. There's like huge amounts of pressure because he knows pretty much there's not much I can do. If, if he does it how he does it, then I'm in trouble. So the first thing he does is he takes a position. Amen? Amen. Okay. Um, and this is where I want to start off today. When we look at the, the, the text that we've just looked at, we see that it says in verse 1, when Jesus came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And then it says, And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him. Now, I want to, this is where a bit of the teaching comes in. Everything about what is happening in this moment is culturally wrong. Everything is culturally wrong. Jesus is with great crowds, we read. Lots of people are around him. And Matthew tells us that it's kind of like all of a sudden, a man appears before Jesus and he is a leper. And, and Matthew uses that word, you see it, behold. Um, now, the reason that Matthew says, and behold, a leper came to him, is that the legal culture of that day meant that everybody should have seen this man come in, everybody should have heard this man come in, and probably everybody would have smelt this man come in. So to all of a sudden uh, find this man positioned next to Jesus was, uh, was a bit of a shock. That's why I think Matthew uses that word, behold. It was like, oh, flip, where's this guy come from? Um, you see, leprosy... Uh, is not just a, a biblical disease. You know, sometimes when we read the Bible, we're like, oh, that happened then, not now. But leprosy is very real today. I remember when John went to Nepal, wasn't it? Um, and, 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 and you worked with lepers? Went to the hospital. Yeah. Um, it's still a very real uh, illness. Uh, and, and actually, in the Old Testament, in a book called Leviticus, you can read in chapter 13 the laws around what had been put in place around this disease, around this illness. 
Uh, and, and this man should have been walking around declaring the state of his sickness. He should have been walking around saying, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. Like, not like on the down low, but out loud. People should have heard this man coming from a, way, a long way off. Also, another thing that should have been, that was very noticeable about someone with leprosy was that their clothes would have been all torn. They would have, their clothes would have just been ripped up. Uh, and that was to allow, like, air to come out of the body so it wasn't trapped in because this is a, a, a what's it, disease, infectious? No, air, airborne. Contagious, thanks, Pete. I knew you would have my back on that one. Um, also, his hair just would have been long and hanging loose, and his upper lip would have been covered, um, like the young guys in the in the hoods. You know, they were looking a bit shifty. Um, uh, this guy would have had like like a scarf around, just so that his 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 he wouldn't breathe his disease over over people. This man uh, would have been declared a leper by the priests. At that time, they were like the authority on sickness. Um, so being declared a, a leper would have meant that this man wasn't allowed to, he wasn't allowed to do what he was doing, okay? He, he wasn't allowed to get close to people. Uh, and in fact, depending on the wind direction, it would have meant that he should have been at least a soccer field, a football field, away from anybody, like 100 feet is the, 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 the distance between him and any other life. Can you imagine? And all of a sudden, the Bible tells us that he's, all of a sudden he's, he's in and around a group of people. In fact, being a leper back in those days would have, would have, um, would have meant that you were called the walking dead. The walking dead. They were referred to as the walking dead because um, they were, everything about their life was dead. Uh, everything about their, their hopes was dead. Everything about their relationships was dead because they weren't allowed to be around people. Everything about, um, you know, even where they lived, they weren't allowed to live there. They had to go and live away from people. There was, there was literally no life in, 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 their, in their everyday lives. I mean, you think about, Debbie said, sometimes we think about what we don't have, you know, but what we, what we have is everything for him. He couldn't have anything. Everything was dead to him. Uh, Levit Leviticus 13 tells us uh, that once you have leprosy, it says, uh, he shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. And um, there is a... Um, just checking. There's a, I'm going to put up a picture. Um, it's a little bit on the gruesome side, but I, wa I want you to see it because I want us to understand the, the sickness of, 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 of leprosy. If, Dave, you can put it up. Um, leprosy generally begins with like a pain in the chest uh, and the ch areas of the body, and then a numbness follows. Uh, soon the skin loses its original color, uh, and it gets thick and glossy and scaly. Um, as the sickness progresses, uh, the thickened uh, spots become dirty sores and, 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 and ulcers due to the poor blood supply. Um, you can tell I'm reading from Google right now. Uh, the, the skin, especially around the eyes and the ears, uh, begins to bunch uh, and, and, and it has like, deep grooves between the swellings so that the face of the afflicted person be, uh, resembles that of a lion. 
Um, and the fingers that we can see in this picture, they either drop off or they absorb back into the hand and, and the toes are the same. And, and um, this word I don't get right, the, the, the throat would have been, was it horse? Yeah, um, would have been very hoarse. Um, I just changed it. Uh, so you can identify a leper by how he looks, um, how he smells, and, and by his voice. Uh, he, he should have been easily identified. Um, and, and as we can see by this picture, it's, it's a horrible, horrible uh, disease. Can you just imagine like every, every dream that this leper that we read about uh, was just is out the window? Every, every, every aspiration that maybe he had for his life, out the window. Um, every relationship that he, hold, he held dear was out the window. Um, he was a dead man walking. Um, and and when, you know, like, when you think about what hope there was, because you always want there to be hope for people, don't you? Uh, what hope was there for this leper? None is the answer. There was no hope. For this man, uh, there was no cure for leprosy. I don't think there is a cure even still to this day, is there? Some medical people might know. There is now. Okay, good. So, but in these days, there was no cure. Uh, there was no way back to the, his family. There was no way back to life. There was no way back uh, to his position in his community. Friends, I want us just to take a moment and put ourselves in this man's shoes. Imagine walking around day by day, declaring the state of your disease, declaring, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. Uh, imagine uh, just dealing with the emotions of what's happened to you. Not only is your body breaking down uh, and literally limbs are falling off, uh, and everything about your body is breaking down, but imagine you're, you're legally being told you can't be with your family. You know, you can't, you can't be with those that might want to try and care for you or love you or support you. You know, can you just... I mean, when I go through hard times, what helps me so much is knowing that people are with me, that people are supporting me. Uh, for this person, that would have been pretty much impossible because of the fear even that I'm going to give them what I've got. Maybe a family member wanted to be like, no, let me come and, and support you. But like, I, I don't wish this on you. I don't want you. Imagine, I can't give my kids this. No, I, I even take myself away, even though it's hard, but I don't want to give what I've got to anyone else. Everybody should have seen, heard, and smelt this leper coming to Jesus. But Matthew tells us, behold, all of a sudden, this man is positioned next to Jesus. Meaning that this leper had broken the law. Meaning that he, he had done what he wasn't meant to do. He was, and that would have come at a cost, a potential cost. To break the law, as we know, comes at a cost. Um, and this person was breaking the law and he was positioning himself next to Jesus. Why? Why would he do such a thing? Well, his words, his own words tell us why. His own words tell us why. Look at verse two with me. It says, And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, 
Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Now, his words here I find very interesting because I believe that this man has heard Jesus speak. Uh, He, like others, had heard and seen that Jesus was like no other person. He had confidence, I believe, that Jesus had authority. Just before this moment, if you just look over your Bibles into the end of chapter 7, you see that that even might be headed, the authority of Jesus. And you you hear that Jesus is talking and people are saying, this guy is different. This guy has got authority. He speaks with authority. And I believe that the leper had probably heard or had got wind of the authority that Jesus spoke with. So I believe that this leper knew that Jesus could make him clean. He knew that he could make him clean because he knew that Jesus had the authority to do so. But what his question to Jesus tells us is that he wasn't sure if Jesus was willing to make him clean. Do you see that? He said, you know, I know you can, but will you? If you will, the man asked, not can you? Because he knew that Jesus could. He knew that Jesus had the authority. He just wasn't sure if Jesus was willing to make him clean. This man was so unclean. His life was so over and dead. He was revolting in the sight of everybody. I think, he, I think he'd got so used to people not wanting to be anywhere near him. So even though he knew that Jesus could make him clean, he just wasn't sure. He was, he was probably just so not used to the touch of anybody. He was, he was so not, not, not used to the love of anyone because that had all been taken away from him. He'd got used to nobody wanting to take an interest in him. So now he's got this doubt. Why would, why would anyone touch me? Why would anyone want to do something for me? I think he's got this doubt in him. Friends, if you haven't already kind of realized it, but let me point this out. This is not just the leper's story. This is our story. This is our story. This man was in no way able to change his position. He was in no way able to turn things around for his self. No amount of church attendance, no amount of good behavior, no amount of being a nice person, nothing in and of himself could change his position of being unclean. His sickness was spreading. It had taken over his life and it was killing him. And his sickness was separating him from life. He was a dead man walking. This is our story. Outside of faith in Christ Jesus, this is your story. The picture here uh, in this story of the leper is the picture of our sin. Outside of God, we are sinners. And sin is ugly. Sin is incurable. Sin defiles us. Sin kills us. And ultimately, sin separates us from God. Sin declares us unclean, unclean. 
And there is no way in and of ourselves that we can do anything to change that. Amen. The leper's disease made it impossible for him to be connected with anyone. The disease of our sin makes it impossible for us to be connected to God. Paul reminds us in Ephesians 2, uh, verse 1, of our position. He reminds us that we were once dead in our trespasses and sins. Remember how the lepers were called walking dead. That, my friends, is what sinners are. We're walking dead. If you're a sinner here this morning, if you've never given your life to Christ and received his forgiveness, you are a dead man walking. And that was me once. (laughs) That was me. That was my position at one point in life. I was a dead man walking. My sin separated me from God. This leper's only potential hope was to position himself next to Jesus. And maybe, he thought, just maybe if I can get close to Jesus, then the one who can heal me might heal me. I talked earlier on about Ronaldo's free kick. Who can remember the first point that I made? Position. Our position is everything with Jesus. We need to get ourselves into a position of being in Jesus. The next point I want to make about a perfect Ronaldo free kick, okay, it's important, (laughs) is the touch. Okay? When Ronaldo's foot connects with this ball, amazing things start to happen. As soon as Ronaldo runs up, everybody's scared. He touches this ball. Amazing things start to happen. Isn't it, Marcus? (laughs) Don't be a hater if you're a Messi fan, okay? Uh, This is exactly what happens in the story of the leper today. After positioning himself next to Jesus, the leper says to Jesus, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And we read in verse 3, Jesus' reaction. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. This is an insane moment. This man is a leper. He is unclean. He is unclean. He isn't meant to be touched by anyone. He's dressed in a way. He talks in a way. He smells a way that would give everybody clear warning, do not touch this person. And definitely don't on purpose touch this person. This is an infectious disease. Jesus, if you touch this man, you're going to get what he has. If you touch him, don't, if you reach out and touch him, what he has is going to be transferred to you. You're going to get his disease. I believe it was the leper's understanding of how 
unclean and how dead he was in his, in his illness that made him even doubt that Jesus would touch him. Why? Why would you touch me, God? Why? Nobody else wants to touch me. Why would anyone touch me? If Jesus would be willing to make him clean. So maybe more than anyone else, he was probably most shocked when he saw Jesus' hand coming out because this guy hadn't been touched in years. Nobody had touched him, hadn't felt and maybe even couldn't feel the handprint of someone. All of a sudden he sees Jesus stretching out his hand. Is this guy really going to touch me? Is this guy really going to, would he really do this? Remember that this man's leprosy represents our sin. This man had uh, to declare aloud his uncleanness. Can you imagine if we were, if I said to you guys now, if you've got sin in your life, stand up and declare it aloud. After church, we'll we'll all go out the back door. (laughs) If you're new here today, you're like, "Mm, this is what I knew church would be about. Yeah, I knew they were going to make me do this. Um, I'm not going to ask you to do this. But can you imagine the shame or the embarrassment that that it would be to be just declaring, yeah, you know, I've got sexual faults. I've got pride. You know, I've got anger issues. Declaring it aloud. This man's leprosy represents our sin. We've been pretty, we've become very good actually at lying about the state of our sin, haven't we? (laughs) I did a preach uh, this year on lying to my youth and then I realised I was a liar. (laughs) Because I just thought, if I don't lie, then I'm not lying. But then as I researched it, I realised there's new ways of lying now. Um, Yeah, like, like just deceiving or not telling the full truth. You know, so when my wife asked me what I had for lunch, and I say an apple, it's true, but I had a burger as well as an apple. Okay. Um, this shirt has got tight while I've been here, guys. Anyway, um, we've become very good at lying. We've, be, we've become very good at deceiving ourselves. Very good at deceiving ourselves of the state of the sin in our lives, of the uncleanness in our lives. We tell ourselves that our sins aren't that bad. Or we look to other people and say, we're definitely not as bad as that person. Or we downplay our condition by kind of just just fooling ourselves um, about the state of the sin and the pain that it's actually causing. I know at times in my life, sin has been robbing me from so much life in Jesus. But friends, our sin is worse than this leprosy that this man had. Sin goes deeper than a skin condition. And sin separates us from God. If sin is not dealt with, there's no way of getting to God. We're totally helpless. Nothing we can do. Maybe even today you've come here wondering, would a God of, a God of love ever actually touch me? <laughs> I honestly think that in some way this man was blessed the reason I say he was blessed, you know, and I, I wouldn't say it to his face because that wouldn't, he'd probably disagree. Uh, but I say that because this man was so aware of his position. There were, he was so aware of his state. There was no way of fooling himself. I can, I can smell myself. 
I can, I can barely see anymore. My, my voice has changed. There was no way that he could deceive himself that he was a dead man walking. He fully understood that he was outside of where life was and there was nothing that he could do. So that's why I say this man was kind of blessed because there was no way that he could lie to himself. He knew that he was unclean, unclean. Whereas our sin is often hidden, isn't it? We cover it up. We pretend that we're not struggling and we even justify the sin in our lives. And sometimes because of that, we even get to a place where we're okay with the sin in our lives. It's just become part of who we are. That's who I am. But the truth is our sin calls us separation. It tears us away at Jesus. And our sin can lead us to death. We can become dead people walking, unclean, unclean. Friends, I want to encourage us all this morning to take a good hard look at the condition of the state of our maybe uncleanness this morning. If you're outside of God this morning, that means your heart's condition is dead. If you're separated from God, it means you're walking dead. You're unclean, unclean. You know what the law in Leviticus 13 tells us the only thing you could do with the clothing of a leper was to burn it. Sensitively, sensitively I want to say, if you are outside of God, if you've never put your trust in God, then you're currently on your way to being burned. Because sin separates you from God. That was me once. I was a dead man walking apart from Jesus coming into my life and changing my position. You know what? I believe it's, it's our sin that causes many Christians that attend church not to get stuck into worship, not to connect deeply with people. Because of the sin that you're carrying, you're just not sure if Jesus, Jesus would ever actually touch you. So you come into worship and, and, and Jana says, you know, like, let's, let's, let's enter in. Let's, let's push in to, 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 to see God and to respond to God. But you're just not sure if Jesus would actually touch you because of what you've been up to that week. And so you just take a step back, not maybe physically, but in your, in, in your time of, in your worship. You just step back. Why? Why would God want to touch me? And then after church, you don't want to connect in with people because you're just not sure. Maybe if I start talking to this person, then they're going to kind of see what's really happening in my life. And, and I don't want them to see me. I don't, and I don't think they would want to connect with me if they really knew. And so we leave quickly. And I believe that many people that have not put their trust in God, they've not, they've, maybe, maybe there's even people in the room today that you know that God is real. Like, you're confident. Yeah, I know that Jesus is the Son of God. But you're just like, but I just don't see how he would want to touch me because of the state of my sin, because of my life, and because I'm not sure uh, what change would happen if I, if I make this decision to follow God. And that's even holding you back from positioning yourself to be touched by Jesus this morning. But this morning, I have come to bring good news. <laughs> If it feels a little bit down at the moment, I've got some good news. 
It's Jesus' will and it's Jesus' joy to touch. It it was Jesus' will and it was Jesus' joy to reach out and touch that leper. He he didn't do it like this. What? Don't, don't, don't touch. What? You know, listening to other people. No. You know, in Ephesians, again, it says, in all wisdom, he lavishes his love on us. That means it's not making a mistake. <laughs> that means in all understanding, perfect knowledge. Uh, we said it earlier on, the, you know, one of the, some of the lyrics we sung kind of talked about this earlier on. In all wisdom, he knew, he knew what this leper was going to do after he touched him. He knows what we're going to do after he touches us. So he knows we're going to make a mistake. <laughs> he knows we're going to make, um, you know, we're going to do things wrong. So he doesn't, he doesn't do this with, with not understanding all the facts, but in all wisdom, in all understanding, and with joy, because that's his whole life. I've come to bring life. I've come to set the, the captives free. So in all joy, he reaches out and he touches this leper. Amen. Amen. But God, rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even where we dead in our sin, even when we were unclean, he touched us and made us alive together with Christ. It's by grace that you have been saved. Friends, this is a picture of what Jesus has done for all who believe in him. We were all dead in our sins and we should have been walking around saying, don't touch us, don't touch us. We're unclean, unclean. But it was there in our filth. It was there in our smell. It was there in our uncleanness that Jesus said, yeah, (laughs) and I want you, I want you. I can't, with all joy, with all wisdom, yes, I choose you. I I, I want you. I want to make you clean. It's my will that you come into life. Sure. (laughs) And again and again through Scripture, Jesus tells us, this is why I've come. This is why I've come. Not for the people that, that have it all together, but for the people that don't have it all together. Not for the, the well, but for the sick. Not uh, for the, those who are even already saved. I've come for the sinner. I've come. I've come for those. I was thinking about this. It's actually our sin that qualifies us to be touched by Jesus. <laughs> That could even be a bit controversial. I don't know. It sounds it. But he's come for the sinner. We always think that it's our sin that unqualifies us. We think, no, surely he's not going to touch me because I'm... That's why he's come, to touch the sinner, to touch the unclean, to make you clean. Amen? Friends, at Jesus' touch, nothing remains defiled. Nothing remains uncleaned. Jesus makes the unclean clean. What Jesus did for the leper in that moment is what he's done for all who believe in him. On the cross, Jesus became sin. On the cross, Jesus made a way for all who believe in him to be clean. Where he would touch us and he would get what we had. 
where he would touch us and the sexual sins that we are struggling with, he, he takes those on himself. This, the, 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 the sin of your sexual sin, that's on me now. The sin of your pride, that's on me now. I, I'm taking that. I'm taking your sins and I'm putting it on me. I'm going to take these at the cross. Jesus is saying today, it's my will to touch every single one of you. It's my will to make you clean. And, it, and I do it with a smile on my face. <laughs> I want to touch you. I want to get what you have so that you don't have to have it anymore. Wow. <laughs> Let me say that again. I want to touch you so that you don't have to have that anymore. I want to take that on me. This is the love and the power of God. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21 says this, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. <laughs> See, on the cross, Jesus, who knew no sin, touched us and got everything that we had. All of our sickness, all of our sin was put on him. And what I love about this scripture is that it kind of gets better if it, if it can get any better. If it can get any better than our sin being taken off us, it does get better because you see what that verse just says is that on the cross, he didn't just take away our sin. He doesn't just take away uh, uh, our sin and leave us clean and spotless as white as snow, but he goes even one more than what he did for the leper that day. He gives us his righteousness. You know, this is an amazing moment and this is an amazing truth this morning. What that means is that now when God looks at us, thanks to Jesus, he sees us not just as clean but as righteous. Because in that moment on the cross, Jesus gave us his clean life, his life of right living, his righteousness was given to us. It's amazing, isn't it? Imagine like just... It's like taking your car to a, a dealership and saying, you can have this. It doesn't work. It's broken uh, and, it, and it just leaks petrol everywhere and, and they give you like a brand new car. It's like, oh, wicked. Like, you know, like, wow, I didn't expect that. Like, I'm giving you all my rubbish and you're giving me something amazing back. That's what Jesus does. We give him, our, we, we, we give him all of our uncleanness and he says, okay, I'll take that. And I, but I'm not going to leave you just like that. I'm going to give you my righteousness. Church, in the law uh, of Moses, we read in, in Leviticus 14, 1 to 7, that if, if you thought you had leprosy, uh, you would have been seen by the priests. You kind of would have been put into quarantine. So before you'd been declared unclean, unclean, you would have been brought before the priests and they would have put you into quarantine. And they would have been like, let's just see. Let's see if this develops into, into leprosy. Um, and then obviously if you did, then you would have declared a leper. But if you didn't, there was this, there was this um, offering given up where they would take two birds uh, and one of the birds would be killed and then the other bird, the bird that is alive, would be dipped in the blood of the dead bird and then it would be set free. 
Old Testament is amazing <laughs> about just showing us what Jesus is doing. Um, this is what Jesus did. He died. We were dipped in the blood and then we were set free to life. Amen. I thought people might jump up at that moment and just be like, what? Ronaldo. First point, position. Second point, I feel like I'm coaching again. This is amazing. The third thing that happens, this isn't necessarily about uh, the, the build-up, but this is what happens afterwards. Amazing things happen at the touch when, when Ronaldo touches this ball. Amazing things happen when Jesus touches us. And then, of course, it's going to go in the back of the net. Of course, it's in the goal. And so what happens next, if you've ever been to a football game and you've ever seen it on TV, when Ronaldo scores the free kick, everybody comes nuts. <laughs> you know, you see, I mean, it's quite funny, isn't it? It's a little bit crazy, actually. And, and I'm a big soccer fan, football fan. But you, you literally see, like, people, like, drooling because they're so happy. Like, they, ah, I can't contain my body fluids anymore. Ah. And you see, like, you know, like, you just see old people, young people, girls, guys, kids, you know, just going crazy. They're losing themselves. They, they, they sing, you know, like, Ronaldo, Ronaldo. And they start singing songs. And Ronaldo does the best celebration. He runs into the corner flag and goes, that's my Bible. Oh, no. <laughs> it's all right. I've taken it all around the world. It's got bashed up. He celebrates. There is the, the, the atmosphere in the, in, in the stadium. It's just full of life. Full of life. Friends, because the leper positioned himself next to Jesus, and because Jesus was willing to touch him, it meant everything was going to change for him. Not actually going to, everything did change for him. His sickness would have come slowly, and slowly he would have realised my life is over. But at that quick moment of Jesus' touch on him, it meant that he was healed, and it meant that he was restored. Life was restored. Verse 3 says, and immediately his leprosy was cleaned. And, and it would, um, can you imagine the joy that just came in and over this man? It meant that, uh, that all of his uncleanness, everything that had defined him and his identity for so long was now transformed uh, because his life was suddenly given back to him. His, his identity was restored. In fact, this, and, 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 and that's another thing about us, because when Jesus touches us, uh, our real identity is given to us. Uh, his uncleanness uh, had led him to live outside, but now he was back inside. He could dream again. He could live again because the touch of Jesus had brought all of this back to him. He was able to go back, I'm sure, and kiss his wife and hold his children, everything that had been taken away from him because of his uncleanness. At the touch of Jesus, his identity went from being outside to being inside. He was allowed back in where life was. Friends, 
this is our testimony. If you've been touched by Jesus, if you've come to a place of faith in Jesus as the Son of God and you've allowed Jesus to touch you, then your identity changed that day. You went from being, oh, amen. You went from being an enemy of God to a child of God. You went from a person that was dead in their trespasses and sins to being someone who's alive in Christ. You went from a person on the outside to a person on the inside, seated in heavenly places. At the touch of Jesus, amazing things happen. Life comes. Jesus said in John, uh, John 10, 10, that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But he says, I've come, that they may have life and have it abundantly. Friends, the devil comes to deceive us and to lie to us, to, to trip us up into sin. He, his whole mission is to separate us from God. Jesus' whole mission is to bring us close and bring us into life. Life comes at the touch of Jesus. In the moment of Jesus touching the leper, his disease was gone. In the moment of Jesus touching us, everything changes. Sin goes. Life comes. Can we just stand and pray and and close today? If you can. If not, it's fine. You You can see it. I can maybe invite maybe a keys player to, to come at least. Um. <laughs> yeah, let's just close our eyes just so we can hopefully try and focus a little bit. And just allow right now anything that God has been pressing in on your heart just, just allow your thoughts to go with it for a moment. You know, maybe he's just been saying, maybe you've just been reminded today about the greatness of God. <laughs> you know, and just, just have a little think about that. Just allow your thoughts to, to dwell on that. If maybe you've just been reminded this morning of just his amazing love and his grace, just have a little think about that. Maybe right now that you're being challenged because... You've never actually allowed Jesus to touch you because you've never thought that you were worthy to be touched by him. Maybe you've never allowed Jesus to touch you because you just, you just thought, why would he? Why would he want to touch me? Maybe like the leper, you've, you've been convinced that he can heal you, but you just, you've never been sure if he, if he would The gospel, the message and the life of Jesus is about telling you that he can and it's his joy to touch you this morning. It's his joy and delight to bring you into life. And I want to take a moment right now, if anybody is here today, you've never before positioned yourself and asked Jesus to touch you. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and you want to live a life following him, 
but you've, you've just never been sure if he would want you. But you've come to a place today to understand he wants me. <laughs> he wants me. Then I want to invite you to do that today, to allow him to touch you and allow him to give you a new identity, to give you life, the life that he planned for, for you before the world began. If that's you, I just would love to invite you just to raise your hand and, and I'm going to pray for you. If that's you, just stick up your hand nice and, and, and so I can see it and I can just pray for you. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to pray for this person. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you. I want to thank you, Lord Father. Lord, it's not about us. It's all about you. It's about your amazing love. It's about your love that would take you to a cross where you would die there so that we may have life. So on that cross, you may take all of our sin, all of our wrongdoings, and you might give us your righteousness. And I pray for my brother here, Lord, that, that he would know in this moment your touch. Lord, won't you touch him right now like you touched the leper? Lord, won't you help him to have faith right now that as you touch him, things are changing. Things are changing. Incredible things are happening. Won't he understand uh, that you have just completely taken away all of his sin, all of, uh, of that that has separated from you. And Lord, that right now you're saying, you're mine. I love you. You are adopted into my family. You are my child. And I, and I, and I welcome you in. And I fill you with the Holy Spirit that you may live for me. Lord Jesus, thank you for the start of this man's journey. Lord, that this is, this, is, this is the start of finding himself in you and finding who he is in you. Lord, I pray that you would this week reveal more and more of who he is in you, Lord, and he would see and know the freedom of what it is to be a follower of you. Lord, Thank you, Lord, that you equip him to live for you. You're going to fill him and equip him to live a life that glorifies you, Lord Father. And Lord, your grace, Lord Jesus, is over him. Your grace is enough. Even in the mistakes that he will make, Lord, your grace covers those sins and those mistakes. Lord Father, thank you for this life that is in you and the heavens declare and go wild and celebrate your new life. And we as a church celebrate your new life in him. Church, let's just celebrate what God has just done. Amen. I'm so thankful, Lord. And church, I'm just so aware this morning that we as maybe people that love Jesus and follow Jesus, Lord, uh, uh, that maybe we've allowed sin to take too much of a root in our lives, uh, maybe to a point of where we've even uh, said that this is who I am. I am this. This is who I am. Nothing can be done. That is a lie from the enemy because the truth is at the touch of Jesus, things happen. At the touch of Jesus, uh, healing can take place. At the touch of Jesus, attitudes and character can be transformed to be like Jesus. 
And this morning, I want to pray uh, over you as well. Um, so if that's you this morning, uh, I'd love to invite you also just to stick up a hand, uh, just so that I can see you and pray for you. Be bold, don't hold back. No, let's not be fake. Let's not lie to ourselves. I'll put my hand up. I know that I've also got some things going on. I need to see God move in my life. I see that hand in the corner. Keep your hands up. It's fine. I see some hands going up now. Amen. 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 Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, at the t- <laughs> your touch. Lord Father, things happen, Lord Father. Thank you, Lord, that you first positioned yourself. Lord, before we positioned ourselves, you positioned yourselves. You positioned yourself to come from heaven to earth to show the way, to show us your love, to declare your goodness. Lord, and then you positioned yourself on a cross where you died that we may have life. Lord, and you've declared that we have, can have life in abundance, Lord Father. And some of us are not living in that abundance, Lord Father, because of the sin in our lives. Lord Father, please forgive us of our sin. Your word says if we confess with our mouth uh, our sins, that you're faithful to forgive us of our sins. I want to encourage everyone that has put their hand up right now, just to quietly, if you want, you want to go loud, go for it. Um, but declare your sin before God. Declare your sin before God because the word of God, which is true, says that he's faithful to forgive you of your sin. That means he's saying, I want to touch you. I'm reaching out my hand. You've positioned yourself. Declare with your mouth, I'm touching you. And change is happening. We're just going to give a moment for that to happen. <coughs> Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What love is this? What love is this? Lord Jesus, your love goes deeper than our sin. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we stand in your truth this morning. We stand in the truth, Lord Father, that you are who you say you are. Lord, we stand in the truth uh, of, 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 your, of the word of God, Lord, that says that if we confess, then our sins are forgiven. That means we stand here righteous. That means we stand here in, in your righteousness. That means we stand here in your, your goodness. Lord Father, what, <laughs> what an amazing privilege. Lord, and because of that, we celebrate. We celebrate. That's why we, that's why we worship, Lord, not because of us, but because of you. Lord, church, let's, let's worship right now. Let's celebrate the life that God has given us. Amen.